Welcome back to Camden Cast, your unofficial Baltimore Orioles podcast. This is part two of episode 14. Mark and Andrew from CamdenChat.com recorded on January the 11th, 2012. We hope you enjoy the rest of it. Although, again, it's the, it gets the craziest when you've got the Red Sox and the Yankees that get involved, which is what took up, like, say, Mark to share it to the next level because the process was just going along and whatever. And then all of a sudden he was in Boston and then all of a sudden there was an offer from Boston and then all of a sudden he wasn't going to Boston and it was like, oh, well, let's welcome George Steinbrenner to the bidding process. And uh, then and he <laughs> well, signed when, for New York because his wife told him to or whatever. That when you're a first base, like a big time first baseman, that's sort of it's sort of like playing Russian roulette where when you get to free agency because there's so many big time first basemen that hit free agency, it seems like every two years, basically, there's a new crop of them. Pool holes and fielder. Right. And right now, people are already Gonzalez. looking ahead to like Joey Votto uh, right, becoming exactly. a free agent. Exactly. And then there'll be somebody behind him. Um, and then there's, you know, you can already see like the, the new class sort of with uh, Justin Smoke and, and Anthony Rizzo and. What, Yonder Alonso, I guess? Yonder Alonso, right. So, and, and Chris Davis, right? Uh, right? Oh, Andrew, don't twist right? the knife like that. That's just mean. What, what was I saying? Um, There's always another first baseman coming Right, out, so, Except you if know, you're in Baltimore. Prince Fielder, just bad luck, because the Yankees got their guy three years ago, and the Red Sox got their guy already for, for this year. And the Angels got their guy... Everybody's uh, getting their guy, except it's not Prince Yeah, and, and the other like big market teams are all sort of on the down cycle, like the Dodgers and the Mets and the Cubs and the White Sox are all trending down right now. So it doesn't make sense for them to invest big in a, in a free agent first baseman. Economics, when you look at a very specific case, can be pretty interesting. So speaking of some economics that happened today, uh, Luke Scott was signed by the race. We will miss Luke. Well, I will kind of miss Luke. I I'll miss him. Luke. He was a good Oriole in his time here. It's unfortunate he was hurt last year and couldn't be anywhere close to his 2010 form, which was really a great season. And uh, But, I mean, it was the right move for the Orioles to let him go because to guarantee they would have gotten him, they would have had to offer him arbitration. He would have most likely gotten a raise potentially could still have the same health issues and uh you know then they might have been out eight million dollars for a guy who had no power left and it would have just been like having vladimir guerrero again except a few years younger or speaking more sammy sosa or garrett atkins or something okay okay um it does sort of lead to an interesting question and i don't necessarily disagree with any of that i thought i was very very much on the bubble with tendering luke scott or not and i don't disagree at all with letting him go and i was not remotely surprised to see him end up in tampa bay on what looks to be a pretty reasonable contract right. all things considered right. it's five million for 2012 with an option for six million more in 2013 that could be a good deal for the race and or, even if know, it's not could, it's only five million right so um but it does lead to an interesting question, which is who is going to DH for the Orioles next year? You would hope, well, 
not not necessarily, but Mark Reynolds, well, Mark Reynolds should be the DH, right. but he's probably right. going to play third base or first base. Which is a mistake, I think, because let, let's assume that there's some sort of penalty specific to him he will he will get for being a full-time DH. He won't be able to hit as well, which would probably make him a below average DH. Just because the the offensive bar for DHs is so high. Right. But you know, you, you need you have Mark Reynolds. You need to play him somewhere or release him or trade him. And I don't think the, the going price for Mark Reynolds is going to be particularly worth uh looking for no but then again mark reynolds at least according to what Fangraphs uses for fielding was the worst fielder in major league baseball last year yeah we were what is actually, this gave back 28 runs in the field is that what the i that is i guess that's that's right yeah uh, we were tracking him uh, one of my coworkers and i were tracking him because he was on pace to just demolish the the all-time worst record for uh, defensive runs saved this past year, which is not like a big deal because the all-time record only goes back to, I believe, 2002. But he, he was going to blow it out of the water. And then the Orioles moved him to first when they got rid of Derek Lee. And he was still not good at first. Stopped but, the bleeding a little bit right. at first base instead of third Right. Um, you know, everybody sort of, it's like a fun barroom argument. Like, was his problem his throwing or his fielding? Yes. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, there are no wrong answers here. Um, and he's still going to have the same fielding and range problems at first. They're just mitigated because first base is not like a prime defensive position if he can field the ball then he can take it to the bag himself or just flip it to the pitcher as opposed to having to cross the diamond with the throw like his his range even just to my eyes like i think i can forget about all the stats but his range at third base looked abysmal and I, i just think it's a huge mistake to put him back out there thinking it's just somehow going to get better through hard work and, and force of will. Which is not to say, you know, I've, I've heard rumors that he's been working hard on his defense this winter, and kudos to him. I really hope if they are intent on playing him in the field, he can put out a really good season. Even just an average season would be like a big win as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, hopefully all the work that uh, Nick Markakis hasn't been able to do this offseason, Mark Reynolds has been doing this offseason. Maybe we can say <laughs> right. that. Right. Um, but it's probably not going to be Mark Reynolds at DH, no. especially on an everyday level. I mean, maybe you could say, okay, let's put Nolan Reimold there, except the Orioles seem to hate Nolan Reimold, no matter who's in charge of the Orioles. Well, he's he's going to play. Like They've got nobody to block him anymore. Yeah, that's what I would like I mean, to think. Except that you're not going to play Andy Chavez. They were they were planning to, according to Bridgeroli, uh, they were going to have a platoon between Andy Chavez and Nolan in left. I I know all about that, and that still does not make any sense. It, it 
it doesn't make any sense to platoon anyone with Andy Chavez, for one thing, because he's he's a fourth he's a defensive outfielder. You know, he can probably hit better against lefties than our current outfielders, but that's going to take some luck, and it's not going to be by a large margin. Yeah. And two, and I already wrote about this on the site, but if you're going to platoon one of the outfielders, it's not Nolan Reimold, it's Adam Jones. Adam Jones, Jones. yeah. Because he has, I think, definitively proven that left-handers are just his wolfsbane, I guess. They're his Jonesbane. His Jonesbane. Um, You know, the DH could be... It, it's part, well, it's probably going to happen. They're probably going to cycle through a bunch of these guys, right? Maybe whoever's not playing second base will be the DH. And well, that'd be weird. Switch. It was like Ryan Yeah, it'll be it'll be like you know, Robert Andino one day and Matty Antonelli the next day. And uh, good guy, that would be terrible. Don't do that. Don't do that, Orioles. I can't even joke about it. Don't do it. Don't. Do it. Um, it could be Chris Davis. He could DH, and then you can shuffle these guys trying to find the answer at third. But, I mean, we've seen crazier things from the Orioles, because I remember games where Julio Lugo was the DH, so it, you can't get much worse than that. No, no. The, everything just turned red all all again when you mentioned Julio Lugo. I know, I might have to get yeah, myself I out there and get banned by Stacy on uh, Camden chat. So that's that's like an interesting open position that would have been Luke Scott's if they had tendered him, but now... You know that that's sort of the play, one of the places they can seriously upgrade if they so choose this winter. The other being second base, and this is actually another interesting thing, since we're talking about interesting quotes from Dan Duquette. I read a couple weeks ago, probably at this point, that he's looking for like a 380 on base guy. or so. Which really <laughs> made me start singing Hallelujah because just hearing the executive vice president of baseball operations utter the phrase on base percentage was very exciting yeah it's like it's like 2004 up in here it's amazing and our pitching will probably be about as bad as it was in 2004 but yeah so he he was talking about upgrading the on base percentage and specifically at second and how the orioles do not have a leadoff hitter and this was all um in the context of what's up with Brian Roberts, which I think you and I both know what's Never up with Never going to play again, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Speaking of sad things. Yes, very, very, very sad. Um, I hope he is okay. You know, I he's a very rich person because he has spent all this time not playing baseball, and that's aggravating. But And like, he's guaranteed another $20 million, even if he never steps right. foot on a baseball diamond again. But, you know, he seems like, I don't know, like, I, I just don't feel like when the Orioles signed Sidney Ponson to a huge contract and then he turned into a big turd right away. Punching and, judges in the face in Aruba. Right. All and that other stuff. It was like, man, you are just robbing us. You're you're robbing us. You're taking our money and then just giving us the finger. But, like, Brian Roberts, like, I at no point have felt that way about him. Like, his performance has been as bad as it could possibly be. He's probably never going to play baseball again. And I just, the only thought I have is I hope he's okay. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's done good by the fans of Baltimore. He does his charity events. And, 
you know, there's a there's a reason why he was able to get the contract extension he did because he had a lot of sentimental. I mean, value that was obviously a mistake. It didn't. Back. It it didn't feel like it would be as bad of an idea as it ended up doing. Because if his problem was like back or neck problems, and he was playing, you know, 90 games a year, middling performance. At least it would have been something. The the fact that the concussion thing came up and he can't play at all was. Uh, you know, not really in a foreseen thing, and it's very unfortunate. Yeah. But um, anyway, going back a little while, um, it, it was refreshing to hear Dan Duquette talk about needing to upgrade the lineup in a on-base related way, and so far that remains an open question too. Who's who's the second baseman? How has the lineup been upgraded over last season? And the answer is maybe it hasn't, but there's nobody in there costing big money to not upgrade the lineup. So, well, okay. In the end, that might be what we have, and Duquette is just waiting to burn off some of these contracts he didn't have a hand in, and then there'll be a bit more money to play with. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think that's... I mean, that's when you're rebuilding, and whether the Orioles or their fans want to admit it or not, they are rebuilding. That's one of the things you have to do. You just have to wait for your expensive players like Roberts and Mark Reynolds and I think Mark Hakis to a lesser extent than them, but still to a large extent. You just got to wait for them to to have their contracts expire because they're taking up too much payroll space. Yes. And it's like that. It's like that everywhere. You know, when Andy McPhail came in and set in the plan his first move was to trade off Tejada and Bedard who were two of the most expensive players on the team and the team dropped I think that first offseason they dropped something like 25 million dollars off the payroll something like that let's see what Cots the new and improved Cots contracts now connected to baseball prospectus.com tells us that the Orioles payroll went from 93 and a half million in 2007 to 67 million in 2008. So, yeah. That's that's uh that's cutting your payroll. Right. And that's just that's one of the things that it's important to do because you need that flexibility. And the Orioles payroll has crept back up over the the ensuing years. I think they're back up to 87 80... million in 2011. So, you know, why are you paying $87 million just to lose 93 games? That's that's the point, and that's really the ultimate reason why I'm not upset at the lack of big moves. Because, I mean, what if the Orioles spent some money and suddenly they had a $100, payroll, $100 million payroll? They're still probably losing, you know, 86 games or something like that. What's, what's the point of that? It's not. There's no point. There's no yeah, point but- in it. But they could have a really good closer. That'd be something. They could have two years ago's really good closer who really just got a lot of saves and had a high whip and was very lucky. Although, actually, the Orioles probably have a pretty good closer. Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson. If they let him Should have been the closer two years ago. Yeah. Or maybe maybe they'll trade for Koji again and he'll be the the closer too or something. I I still don't understand that, that. I understand the sentiment. I don't understand the actual rumors. No, I don't either. But nothing about this process is necessarily rational, so okay, so what are we going to do? Talking about sort of the holes and, and how the team is coming together, because we're, we're 
getting we're winding down here. Uh, I I before we got started here, I wrote out what I thought the rotation was going to be coming out of spring training. And I ended up writing 12 names down. Oh, you said it was 14 names, didn't you? He caught well, yeah, but a I couple had, names. I had, to, <laughs> I had to take out, like, Jim Johnson, because today they, they came out and said, like, oh, yeah, Jim Johnson's definitely a bullpen guy. Definitely not a starter. And that was, like, a question mark, so I wrote him down, and then it was like, oh, right, I forgot. So in, in no particular order, really, I wrote Jeremy Guthrie, Zach Britton, uh, Wei Yin Chen, Jake Arrieta, Brian Mattis, Tommy Hunter, Sio Shiwata, Chris Stillman, Brad Bergeson, Alfredo Simone, Dana Evelyn, and Rick Vandenhark, who probably should not be on there. Neither either. should Dana Evelyn. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a starter. They signed him ostensibly to be a starter. You know, Brad Bergeson probably shouldn't be on there, but you have to believe going into spring training, all those guys are going to be given the opportunity. Right. Out of those 12 names, if some disaster scenario happens and like five guys are hurt or suck, then you're going to be dipping into the bottom end of that list. And that's definitely the case. But there's enough guys there that if you want all of them to be starters, you have your major league rotation, although how good it is, is it? open question you have your triple a rotation and then you have the upper end of your double a rotation so i don't know i guess bergeson obviously is and and vandenherk are probably going to be not banished but banished to the bullpen right a lot of those names are going to end up either in the bullpen or in norfolk virginia which which is which is the big uh big question there what do you do with alfredo simone who pitched okay down the stretch. Um, it was September, and you know one of the rules of thumb is don't be fooled by September, which one of these years I'm going to learn. Um, but what do you do with him? Do you, do you put him in the bullpen, assuming he doesn't just outright win a, a spot in spring training? I don't really know. Strange anyway. I really don't. I think I think if you had to guess five names in the major league rotation to start, and, and my my guessing record on this podcast is not very good, so the very fact that I'm going to guess it makes it less likely to occur. There's nothing rational about that thought process, but that's what I think anyway. Um, I would say we're probably looking at Guthrie, Britton, Chen, Arietta, and then Wada. Uh, that's what I would guess it will be breaking camp. Who's in the bullpen? Who's in Norfolk? I don't know, but that's what I would expect to start out. Well, just looking then, at it right now. You know, the Orioles have a bull. Uh, it's an interesting bullpen, sort of in place. Well, pieces. You don't exactly know where they're going to all fit in, but pitchers in camp with a serious chance to be in the bullpen include Kevin Gregg, Jason Birkin, Jim Johnson, Pedro Strope, Darren O'Day, Clay Rapata, and I. Every time I think of Clay Rapata, I am sad that the Orioles did not go out and get, as a AAA guy, Clay Zavada, because I want to see the Zavada-Rapata. Now, is is like trio. is Zavada uh, like a right-handed one-out guy? Because that would be the best. I, I think he is also a, a loogie. Oh. But he has like a, a – it's like a Luigi mustache. Oh. It's, it's not quite a handlebar mustache. Well, interesting like mustaches Peterson. are going in style in uh, Baltimore now, thanks to Joe Flacco and all the white guys on the Ravens uh, rocking <laughs> yeah. the uh, whatever we want to call that thing. Um, and uh, the Orioles, the, the, the O's, let's just go with the O's. The O's also have 
Troy Patton and Troy. Oliver Drake. Wait, wait, Andrew, we cannot what? perpetuate the myth that Troy Patton exists. I'm sorry. <laughs> we cannot do that. On he pitched podcast. really well down the stretch. He too. did. So maybe they'll so, even acknowledge that yeah. he exists now. Who knows? Um, so that's, you know, they're, they're building a pitching staff with a lot of depth because, you know, a lot of guys are going to end up in AAA. But... Or are uh, designated for assignment. Yeah, well, um, I, I have to believe that mm-hmm. I, I'm going to disagree with your starting rotation. And I'll give you Guthrie, Britton, Chen, Arietta, But I'm going to go with Tommy Hunter instead of Tsuyoshiwata. Not that I necessarily agree. Um, I think if Brian Mattis, for example, uh, looks okay physically and strictly in a, in a physical way, if his pitches look okay, then he's absolutely going to be in the rotation. I don't think you just stick him in AAA just because. You, you'll probably know from Mattis, I mean, not that spring training results are necessarily predictive of anything, but if he's bad, he'll probably get bombed in spring training. Well, I, I don't think you look at the results necessarily, but you look at you know the velocity, yes. the movement. Um, I don't know if, if spring training stadiums are equipped with pitch effects, data um but that would be the sort of thing you would look at more than how many walks and home runs he gives up i would like to see brian mattis not be bad anymore we we you may remember on this podcast i was very exasperated that they kept throwing him out there they should have just junked him for the year and said it's okay this was a lost cause blank slate they kept crushing his confidence so i really would like it if he could come back from that yep me too very very much I mean, the Orioles have a, a huge mountain to climb here. There ain't no mountain high enough, Andrew. And, you know, they haven't, I think specifically, they haven't brought in guys who are going to help them up there. They need to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, so to speak. Right. They, they and if you could say one thing about some of the things Duquette's done, he's really sending a message to those guys. Look, if you don't get it together, we're moving on without you. And... It would be nice if they got it together. But I, I really feel like that's the message being sent. So, you know, Brian Mattis, he's not the one guy holding the Orioles back, but he is potentially a big piece that could move them forward into the future. And I I, I really I don't think anybody else has the talent he does on this pitching staff. So I hope he can... Right, whatever the heck was wrong with him. I don't know how to start to answer that question. I've tried. I, I don't know how to start to answer that question. Yeah, we, I hope, I hope we're, just, we're not professionals about it, but we hope he gets better. So, yeah, we're getting to about where we need to close things off. So, I don't know. We're not close enough to the season to start making wild predictions yet. But what, what are your final thoughts at this moment, uh, Andrew? Um, well, about the Orioles, uh, I don't know. I'm so curious to see... What they do. There's still a month until spring training starts, and there's work to do, and I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, I do have a, a more uplifting, non-Orioles-related final note. Uh, today, uh, this afternoon, Dave Cameron, who is the uh, managing editor at Fangraphs, tweeted that uh, he went in for his latest leukemia treatment and was told he is completely leukemia free and i just i could not be happier for him and for everybody who gets to read his work um it was it was 
really, really scary in a lot of ways for me to to hear about his cancer and that he beat it for now, at least, is tremendous. So my thoughts are still out with him. It is great uh, news that he's hopefully better for now. Yeah, so that's, that's what I got for my final thought. Tonight. I will take my final thought, and I hope everyone will forgive me for engaging in a little bit of self-promotion. Uh, this week, I found out I will get to represent Camden Chat at a panel for bloggers at the Baltimore Orioles Fan Fest at the Baltimore Convention Center on Saturday, the 21st of January. It's supposed to be between 5:25 to 5:55, which is right at the end. So you know, uh, really, it'll just be like. My mom and my dad there, uh, except they won't even be there because they're going to be out of town that weekend. So maybe somebody will come That's there so and uh, wave a little SK hot dog for me or something. I will be there. I will. I will support you. I will. You can load a question with me, and I'll ask you a question. Oh, thank you, Andrew. I don't even know if we're going to get take questions from the crowd. I really don't know how it goes. I've never actually been to Fan Fest before, let alone uh, the blogger. Oh well, so. you're you're in for a. a Wild ride, let me tell you. It should be an interesting experience. So, yes, forgive me for the self-promotion, but oh, well. uh, that is my final thought. I am, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of excited about it, even though I expect a half-empty, tiny room. Well, hey, everybody who listens to this podcast should totally come out and support the podcast master, Mark Brown, at FanFest. I mean, there's no excuse not to. I'll be there. I'm, I'm planning on being there. Hey, Andrew doesn't Unless even live around Baltimore right now, and he's coming, so there's uh, there's no excuse. We'll, we'll have a fun little uh, powwow, and then you'll go up on stage and wow us. And... and then we'll come back after that, and we'll have a podcast about how I embarrassed myself uh, or something <laughs> like that. But that's life. That is, uh, that's the way it goes. But I guess we're out of things for tonight, so for... Andrew Gibson, who, by the way, you can find on Twitter at Gibson Andrew. I am Mark Brown, and you can find me on Twitter at EatMoreSK. We like to tweet at each other, and maybe you'll be entertained. I don't know. But this is Camden Cast, and we are out.